0: Hey folks, due to Joe here on Two Dudes, One Double Feature, just wanted to uh, provide a brief warning that we're talking about Rebel Without a Cause and The Outsiders, which both deal with um, teen angst, teen drama, um, parental issues, and uh, if that's not something you want to listen to, uh, we suggest skipping this one. Otherwise, you know the drill, the show's not for kids. The opinions we express are our own, and without further ado, here's Two Dudes, One Double Feature.
1: Welcome, uh, welcome everyone to Two Dudes One Double. No, hold on, wait. I'm doing this all wrong. I need to be more somber and more, more serious. Hold on. Welcome, every. No, that's terrible. I was gonna do a James Dean, but I, I sucked at it. I tore it apart and I threw it down. <sighs> it wasn't very good. <sighs> <sighs> Why do I do this to myself?
0: Why? Like, you know, to quote James Dean, life can be beautiful and this is not one of those moments.
1: Why?
0: You're tearing me apart! Apart! You say one thing, she says another, and it all goes back again! Would you call me
1: chicken? Don't do it, or I'll travel in time and beat up your grandpa.
0: Well, you know, Richard, make like a tree and get out of here. <laughs> I've
1: been torn apart for three times now.
0: He's Richard. I'm Joe. Hi. <laughs> Hi.
1: Changing it up a little bit. Um, welcome to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Uh, I did feel the emotion a little bit. My eyes were starting to well up.
0: I'm you proud know, of like, like, the way... Because lately, I, I, I don't take it for granted that we do these episodes, like, anymore... Like I enjoyed doing them, but I'm like I feel like it's like an event now, because it's like we're 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 on the edge right now. Like we're recording this the week of the episode that's supposed to come out, which is not yeah. how we've been doing things lately.
1: This is very this is very South Park of
0: us. Yeah, I I suppose so. You know,
1: in in the in the in the in the aspect of making the show of the week, not like the actual material.
0: Just 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 to put that out there. Both sides are bad. There we go. We're a South Park episode. <laughs> Damn it. You're tearing me apart.
1: <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah.
0: That, that was that was really good. Nice job. Pat on the shoulder. I was almost convinced James Dean was here.
1: <laughs> if this was a video, I'd do the face just to the...
0: Yeah, like almost almost Brando, but not quite Brando, but he's you're like, like, you like
1: know. you're like on the edge of Brando, but with a little bit more like sass. Or like you're just kind of like f- like like brando's brando just kind of stands and sometimes he leans a little bit but then james dean just very like he leans
0: He does a lot of leaning yeah but uh i see like because if you're going to get into that I, I would break out into hey stella
1: <laughs> that is that is a that is what we call a streetcar named desire
0: you know, this podcast could have had class. It could have been a contender. But it's it's instead a bum, the bum of a podcast. But, you know.
1: You, know, you know, all we can do is stay gold. Stay gold, you dude, to Joe. Stay gold.
0: Uh, <laughs> and now, after that, I promise the rest <laughs> of this will be at, at least as insufferable.
1: I mean, it might be more. It just depends on how this goes. <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah.
1: You never know. We never, like, we don't, like, we plan out the basics, and that's about it. (laughs) Yeah. And then as far as how it uh, persists, that's a whole different ballgame.
0: That is a whole whole thing, yeah.
1: But speaking of uh, keeping on track, um, as I always do, as I should, as I like to do, as I'm curious of all the time, do too, Joe. How are you?
0: You know... I'm alright. Uh just getting back in the swing of things at work. So so beginning swing of the work, um going I was talking about Lorcana uh, I think the last episode might have been. Yeah. Uh, brought, just, I think yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just just in case you haven't you don't know, in case you have you have a life, you know. Um <laughs> But uh, <laughs> Disney, Disney and Ravensburger, Ravensburger. There's like a bunch of those like villain, like those board games you see all over the place at Targets and different places. They made a TCG uh, called Disney Lorcana and uh, trading card game. If in yes. case you don't know what TCG yeah. stands for, thank you. Um, so like think like Magic the Ga- Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Yu Gi Oh, uh, the classics, or if you're a cool person, Marvel DC versus system. Hey hey oh. <laughs> Yeah, oh. that, was, that was really my jam. Um, but anyway, uh, so I've been trying to find cards and such, which has proven difficult. Um, I got some insider tips on how to get some cards. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I got some cards in the mail, which I'm excited about. And I found out one of my friends, a longtime friend friend of mine, I've known him for close to 20 years. Shout out to Edwin. He has a channel, uh, I believe, on YouTube. I'll, I'll put a link to his his channel uh found out he' is, he's getting into the game which is really cool because otherwise I didn't know anybody who was getting into this card game um so we found a, a simulator for lorcana we're both buying cards and such but to you know practice and do all that stuff we're playing the simulator it's a lot of fun actually I got my ass kicked a lot of uh, by people online but it's always interesting to see the different strategies plus because the game is so new you know there's mm-hmm. a, there's only a set there's only, like, two, I think, what, 200 cards, I think, in the set. And there's only so many things you can do at this point. Now, right. they're releasing, quote-unquote, Chapter 2, the next set, later this year. So that that ought to um, spice things up. So just um, playing around with Lord Khanna a bit, uh, you know... Getting your bearings. Getting my bearings in it, yeah. Uh, I figure, I like, there's a couple strategies. Like, there's, like, a, like a princess um, strategy... In the game that I, that I find really appealing, um, it it goes it bases it off of like songs, which is a card type in the game, and characters can use certain songs and help you use it for free. So uh, I might go with that strategy. There's other strategies that are really cool, but also potentially really expensive. But what's new with a card game? Uh, do you
1: do you have to sing the song to like perform the move?
0: No, 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 no. Oh. You don't have to. Um, well, that's kind but, of a letdown but basically like what's cool about it is like you can either pay the cost of the card or if your character has that cost or greater you can exert that character and use the song for free so like you could have ariel sing akuna matata uh for you you know cause... so
1: could, can we get Jody Benson on the phone
0: Th- that would be <laughs> that would be awesome that would be that would be a lot of fun uh just like
1: I, listen, I know this is going to sound weird. I know it's not from your movie, but can you just sing Hakuna Matata as if you were doing part of your world, please? <laughs> See, <laughs> just do a cameo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: See, so what would be even better is uh, like be prepared but as sung by like Cinderella. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just call Nathan Lane and say, hey, could you sing part of your world just to swip- swap, just to swap this all up?
0: Just, just why not? Um, caught up on, I caught up on only Murders in the building. I wasn't feeling it too much early on, but I'm really getting into it with this. I'm not saying that I hated it, but it was like I was like mm-hmm. I wasn't quite sure, you know. But that's why I'm, I like that shows are week to week because it's like it les- lets the show grow, gives it time to develop. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm back on board, which is nice because I I love the show anyway. The first, I love the first two seasons. Um. But, yeah, you know, that's about it. How are you doing?
1: Uh, I'm alright. You know, I'm just kind of chilling. Um, did I give an update on the Disney thing? Did I talk about that? I think I talked... Did I talk about that in the last episode? You did. Yeah, how you got okay. the, um, um, the
0: ticket and, uh, you got your meal refunded, which is
1: good. I, I, th- I did get it officially refunded, but there was some confusion about how the ticket works. But basically, um it's good for five years and uh if it's and then once i use it it'll be good for 14 days so i imagine that's like typical with disney tickets yeah that's but sure. um they gave me a number and then i just got to put it into the my disney experience whenever i decide to use it and then it's good for three days normal hours park hopper options um, in case you're wondering what I'm talking about or why I'm mentioning this, uh, just jump a couple episodes back. This <laughs> it's, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Um. But it's it's nice that that was officially like taken care of, and I I just wanted to reiterate to uh, thank you to the Disney Cast and uh, uh, Eric Madrigal of Guest Services for helping us with that, and that I am very grateful for. Um. So I wasn't sure if I gave that's like the final note by the way, because I got the refund officially for the dinner, and I got the ticket already, so I just now, now it's just like, when do I want to go? If I want to go, I don't know, but I got five years to figure it out. Yeah. Um, so, I was talking to Allie the other day, who lives in Florida. Shout out to Allie, friend of the show. Um, friend of mine, friend of Joey's. And uh, she was saying, go in February. And I'm like, she's like, yeah, because I mean, it's going to be cold by you, and I'm like, yeah, it will be. And, uh, there's, I mean, outside of Valentine's Day, there's not really any holidays to worry about. So I'm like, maybe, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But for
0: for your schedule, I think that would work, that would probably work, work pretty well.
1: Yeah. My schedule's fairly open, thankfully still. Um, but, uh, outside of that, um, right now is that time of year where it's, we're really gearing up obviously for physical media because there's a lot of stuff coming out within this month and then especially next month literally that first october release day like i think eight or nine movies are coming out that i'm getting probably more for people that get more than just 4k um and uh So, obviously, they ramp it up to get ready for the the season, the holiday season. So, like, Halloween, then, of course, Christmas, gear up for that as well. So, I'm definitely at that point where I'm, like, getting a bunch of emails. This is shipping. This is shipping. I'm like, can you slow down? (laughs) I'm not made of money. (laughs) So, just slow it down a little bit.
0: Uh, That's, like, the worst when you, like, pre-order something, like, like months three, ago, months in yeah. it, and like this is shipping. You see it so you hit your card, you're like, "Shit!"
1: You're like, "I want this, but..." <laughs> um, but no, I, I, it's just impulse now because like I actually got an email today that um a Power Rangers Hasbro figure that I ordered is shipping, and I'm like, "I thought they were all coming in December," <laughs> but it's like, "Nope this uh, this one was actually actually listed to come out uh, this month," so I'm like. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'll take it. Um so I'm I'm pretty excited about it, admittedly. But uh no, so I got a bunch of stuff that I'm excited about coming out. Uh I I did have a bit of a situation, um not not like a bad situation or anything, but uh I told Joey about this already. Um I had pre ordered the four K for Sleepy Hollow, which is a movie I love. A while ago and i did it on target because best buy hadn't had a listing for the pre-order yet which i normally get through best buy we're not to buy best buy but we use, no. you know. but if we but if you want to best buy hey i am a frequent shopper <laughs> <laughs> um i just i just like the fact that you know with best buy you pre-order something and then it like comes a couple days earlier than the release date like i got today in the mail, the Mask of the Phantasm 4K. So I have that now. And it has a special feature with Kevin Conroy that made me cry. Rest in peace, King. Um, but, uh, so I, t- I typically order through uh, Best Buy, but they didn't have a listing for Sleepy Hollow yet, so I got the 4K through Target, which is a little bit more expensive, but, um, which is weird, because tar- I feel like Best Buy is usually more expensive these days with uh, discs. But... You know, it is what it is. Um, Over time, uh, they finally got a listing, but it sold out like the day it was listed. And then it just never became... They never restocked or put more pre-orders listed until literally the movie came out on disc. And so the time... As time went on, it got closer to the actual release date. And uh, I got an estimate from Target that the movie was supposed to show up on my doorstep on the 11th today. And I'm like you tell me I gotta wait, I mean, less than, less than, but almost a week. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I'm, it's, I'm just impatient. So that's just me. It's a, it's not a huge problem, but I'm just really impatient. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to Best Buy. I'm just going to buy it, buy a copy there. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'll just return the target copy. So yeah, you know, whatever. So I get I get my Best Buy copy. I watch the disc. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. Though the Blu Ray is not the remaster. It's just the four K. So that's kind of a bummer. It's just the old Blu Ray that comes with it. So if you're looking to upgrade that movie in your collection, but you don't have the four, but you don't have a four K format, it don't don't bother. Because if you already have the Blu Ray, then you're gonna have what you already have twice. Um. So, uh, the Target copy. Officially came in on Thursday, so I was like, "Well, I could have waited a couple of days. I guess that's not so bad." It's always an estimate, but you never—you're always like, "Ugh." Um, and I'm like, "I'll still take it back to Target. I'll get my money back, and I'll just give them the copy, and I'll just move on." And so I go through the process, and they're like, "Oh, this looks like it's an item that you don't have to return to us. So you can just keep it." And I'm like, "Huh?" They're like, "Yeah, you can. You can just. You can. You can donate it if it's defective. You can throw it away, but do it safely. Uh, you can do whatever you want with it." I'm like, oh, well, thank you, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like, hypothetically, what if I decided to take this to Best Buy and get my money back for the other movie, the the other copy, and then I just have a free copy of Sleepy Hollow? Do I want to confirm that's what I did? I don't know. I don't feel comfortable with that. <laughs> Um, but let's say hypothetically, that was an idea that I had. Um, but either way, I was just excited to have the movie. Um, and, uh, oh, I got around to watching some newer movies. Speaking of that, that I hadn't seen, I didn't see them in theaters. Uh, I watched Across the Spider-Verse. Mm. That's a big one. Um, and I watched Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny.
0: Yeah, we haven't talked about this, you and I. Uh, I saw your review. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I don't. I like like uh, talk about it, I, and I, I, I'm not. I'm not mad. I would this, like to know what you think. I, 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 no, because I do want. I do want to know. I, yeah, mean, yeah. I am curious because I haven't seen the movie since theaters. I'm waiting till the disc mm. comes out. Um, they haven't made an announcement, but I've I've been told that they are going to make a disc announcement at some point. Just not yet.
1: Though it does kind of feel like it fell off the face of the earth, doesn't it? Because I have not feel like I've heard nothing about Indiana Jones' Dial of Destiny. Like, not even like... I don't even think I remember hearing about the digital release. I know they made the announcement, but I don't remember it. You know what I mean? All it right. just kind of was like, oh, there it is. You can watch it at home now.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you want me to talk about that first? <laughs> Up to you. The Dial Sorry, of Destiny. I, I, don't, I, I didn't mean to
0: derail
1: you. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, you know what, uh, I'll, I'll, st- you know, I'll start with Dial of Destiny. Why not? Um, so j- just to, just to, I'll, you know what, I'll put this disclaimer for both these movies. As I do love Spider-Man movies and I, and I do love Indiana Jones movies, but I don't think I would consider myself like emotionally attached to either of those things. Um, I that's I I consider myself a fan specifically of Indiana Jones. I do consider myself a fan, but I wouldn't. I didn't grow up with them. I watched them later in life. Um, like I, like funny enough, I think I watched Crystal Skull before I watched any of them because my dad wanted to see it in theater. So I'm like, okay, and I'm like, oh, this is fun. And then I'm then I'm like, everyone hates it, huh?
0: Yeah, right.
1: And uh, so, but you know, it is what I was like. I I liked it. I I, I I'm cool with aliens. Yeah. It's um, like me with
0: Batman, where I'm just like, yeah. I, I, I watched Batman movie. I was watching the Batman the I, other day, actually, and I'm like, I like it. You know, it's like, it's, it's a good time. It's fun. Yeah.
1: Next, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, now what am I doing today? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I lost my train of thought. Um, but I was I was going to wait, like you said for the disc to come out but my dad had purchased it on prime and i just found out that movies anywhere can link prime because i didn't even bother to look into it because i always had my voodoo account and my apple tv yeah. account linked mm-hmm. um so i now linked the prime so now there's like a bunch of movies on there that my parents bought so i'm like oh you know so maybe i'll watch some of this other stuff like no hard feelings is on there i've heard oh, fun stuff about that nice um and they also have now more access to all these other movies uh, but anyway. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it, I'll watch it. Uh I know I know there was there's been some mixed feelings on it. Like I was talking to Waiki about it and like I sent him my review and the first thing he says was, It's fucking sucks. And I'm like and it was so much time had passed before like uh after I'd said it so I didn't know what he was referring to initially. I was like, Wait, indeed? He's like, Yeah I'm like, Oh no. Uh, <laughs> um and uh, I know you talked about you did you did talk about it when you saw it on here. I did, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you were you're definitely one of the more positive opinions I've seen, though. You definitely acknowledge that the movie is flawed.
0: I acknowledge it's flawed, but also I felt like out of my whole group that saw it, which included myself, Allison, Feehan, my mom, and my brother, I think I was the most negative. So I like to like I hmm. I, I, I think like out of like because I. They were like, not to, I don't want to, I'm sorry I'm derailing your whole...
1: No, 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 it, it's important to the conversation.
0: Like, because I definitely acknowledge, I'm like, well, I don't hate this.
1: Yeah, that was the first thing you said on the letterbox post.
0: Um, I think I prefer Crystal Skull.
1: Mm-hmm. I like aliens more than time travel.
0: No, no it's, it's not even that. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> no, i have just say for myself. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, it, but, but it's like... Anyway, you can continue, please. This is not... This, is, you're, you're, this not be about me, but I made it about me Your Larry David impression. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, just, it's not for me. Uh, I am George Costanza of 2-1 Double Feature.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing you as George Costanza.
0: This was supposed to be the summer of Indy what happened i don't know neither do i
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man but i i went into it with you know kind of a neutral feeling i i cuz again i'd heard all these different things but i was hoping at the end of the day it would be good i like james mangold i like harrison ford and i you know the cast looked really solid and so i'm like you know uh hopefully it's a good time Um, I will say, I, like, I I don't want to get nitpicky, but, like, the first thing that obviously you notice is, you know, like, the the de-aging and the deep fake sort of thing, and it's, like, if I'm being honest, there was really not a point where it worked for me, just especially because of how, like, because, like, Indie, indie, like, is is not, like, an overly expressive character, necessarily, but... When he is expressing, like, there's a lot of it. Like, like Harrison Ford's very good at that, and it just felt like a lot of that was gone because the technology doesn't allow for it, and so it just became a little distracting with the opening scene. It was fun. It was a fun opening sequence, um, but it's just it was just a little distracting in that regard. Um, But that's again, that's a little bit more nitpicky. I think the thing that I took away from it that was strange was that like. When Indiana Jones came out it it became for many people like the quintessential adventure movie. Like like when we think of adventure, like obviously there's so many great ones even before that that inspired Indiana Jones. So I'm not saying it's the, but for many people it is like the adventure movie and it and it it has a lot of imitators, a lot yeah. of great ones. Um, like I think of you know, obviously I'm a 90s kid, I think of the mummy, yeah. you know it was very much an indie imitator. Um, and it's a great one at that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there are a lot of them and this felt more like an imitator than an actual movie. And I'm, I'm not blaming James Mangold, but like he was, I feel like he was put in a position where like, you know, he's, he's just not Steven Spielberg.
0: You know, it, it, here's the other thing too, like, cause a lot of people, including myself, when, when they heard Mangold's name be brought up to direct this, I'm like, oh my God. That's a that's a nifty choice. And it's like and people are thinking about Logan, which is a great movie that we talked about. But also when you think about Logan, Logan is part of a franchise that's not the best franchise. No. Like no. In the X-Men movies, like there's I have nostalgia for them admittedly. You know, I haven't rewatched them in a very long time and I'm afraid to revisit them on some level, but same, yeah. It's, but that's a but like when you compare it to like Indiana Jones, which to me like Raiders of the Lost Ark is like the greatest movie ever made. Like it's it, it's it's fantastic, yeah. It, it's it's amazing. to me it's like quintessential pop. Like it's a movie I probably watch like once a month, and like if I logged it on Letterboxd, I'd probably log it. It'd be, it'd be like twenty times <laughs> logged on Letterboxd because <laughs> it's just so good. But and it's a
1: comfort food, too, I imagine.
0: It's, it's a very much a comfort... It's, like, one of the best comfort food movies uh, out there, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, and that's also... I would also don't want to make an insinuation that someone else coming in and taking over a particular franchise that's only been handled by one person isn't possible to make it still good. Like, uh, the Scream movies I very much enjoyed, even though Wes Craven handled all of those movies as a director and then he passed away, and so then they make the new ones, and I was very skeptical, but thankfully, Radio Silence was able to do a good job with those, I feel. Um, so there wasn't, I, I definitely went in with that understanding that maybe, maybe, it's gonna be hard, but maybe. And, um, it's just, I think it just at the end of the day, it was just, it felt like it was trying to be indie when it didn't really feel like it necessarily. Um, I will say it definitely had the the vibe that I have whenever I watch the movies is like the the lead up to that final moment that's just insane, you know.
0: That third act, dude, that was where I, I had so much respect for the movie because it t- that was such a big fucking swing.
1: But but I will I will say, <laughs> I will say, I wish maybe it went further with it. You know what I mean? Okay. Like. Like, you know, I, I look at, you know, obviously that was a big complaint I'd seen people had. It's like, what? that That's how they're going to end the movie? It's like, have you seen the other ones? Like, people yeah. get their face melted, and a dude is alive for thousands of years darting a cup, and aliens. um Indy gets his heart ripped out, or someone gets their heart ripped out. Someone, I, it's, I haven't it's seen
0: not, it. Indy gets mind control. It gets, like, yeah. hypnotized, yeah. you know, which is pretty scary, I, but...
1: You could tell I've only seen Temple of Doom maybe like twice in my time, <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen it maybe too many times.
0: <laughs>
1: it's it's definitely like I I mean I've seen Raiders probably like the most of the bunch, but uh, it doesn't like again it still ends on such a an insane like exciting because that's the one thing that's so special about those final moments is that even if Indy doesn't get whatever he's you know he and his team are trying to get, there's still this like larger than life. Crazy, wonderful, scary moment at the end of these movies. That you know, it really is like more of an experience than like it, it. I think it's like the kind of the best examples of it's not the destination; it's the journey kind of thing. Yeah, right. And this one, like it, it started off cool, but it felt more like it was more reserved because maybe because listen, I'll give I'll give them uh, the, there is that understanding that time travel is a very very touchy sort of com- convoluted subject and people are kind of like when it comes to time travel like you have back to the future and then everything else it's like eh, it's like it's a trope that time travel is like so gimmicky or something for people that they just maybe get turned off by it or something i don't know but maybe there was that mindset and so they're like well we'll have them go in time uh with the dial with archimedes dial what's the a- what's the actual term because i never was able to like catch Anti- it.
0: the anti-kythera the Antikythera. I'll I'll make a note. Like if I, I believe that's the actual device. Um, okay. Or, or at least like the thing that they sort of took. They took from. Right.
1: Um, so like they 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 go through time, but they spend most of the time in the plane, and then they finally land, and Indy's like in awe, and like with everything happening. But I I guess I just wish it was a little bit more um, than it was. But I mean that maybe that's just me. I don't know because I was del- I was totally on board with like. Yes, let's, 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 let's travel in time. And I, I even get the concept of like, you know, Indy spent his whole life teaching history and now he gets to see history firsthand. And so there's that emotional aspect, but I don't know. I guess I just wish they
0: went further with it. Maybe I also wish to, here's the other thing too, because obviously Harrison Ford, we love him here. Everybody loves him. but there's only so much you can do with an 80 year old action star. Right, you yeah, have to true. you have to talk about that. Like, even though obviously yeah. Harrison Ford wasn't doing all the stunts in like the original movies, he was still there. were still a lot of things he was doing, you know. Yeah, and that's why you know because I I, I kind of go back to like Mission Impossible as like the closest thing we have to like Indiana Jones because you have these crazy this crazy shit going on that you're still able to believe is mostly happening. Um, yeah, or at least you're like okay, there's like a, your suspension of disbelief is like put off to put to the side you know Mm -hmm. you're like you're able to accept it and like a lot of it is just him driving around which is yeah and like some of this there's some stuff i i can't really there's like i think that's the biggest problem is like i know people give crystal skull shit but at least but and the thing is like even like steven spielberg like lesser spielberg we've talked about this is still pretty decent like Like, the set the set pieces in crystal skull are pretty good in a lot of areas
1: like lesser Spielberg is what many people hope is their like best movie ever.
0: I mean, in again, many respects, I go back to the Lost World, a movie that people don't care for. I still think it's a good movie. And if anybody yeah. else, any, any other like person made that movie, uh, it would have been their best movie.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Honestly. Honestly. Um, even like even like Hook, which I don't think is like near Spielberg's best movie, but I have a lot of nostalgia for it. Like that uh, one, yeah. it would be that one would be someone's best movie if it was anybody else. Um, I didn't, uh, my big thing was I definitely didn't want to go into the movie and give Mangold any shit just because, like, you know, you're following something huge. He had a lot of shoes to fill. I don't know if he necessarily fit those shoes, but I'll give him points for trying. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. At the end of the day, when it comes to the summer of Joey and I's nostalgia, I'm just glad Harrison Ford and Michael Keaton were paid. <laughs> <laughs> In their, in their in their weird time travel movies,
0: because I wish circumstances were slightly different, because I think that could have been an interesting conversation. Um, to I do think da- so. Dial of Destiny yeah. and the Flash. Um, maybe if
1: we ever do Patreon, that'll be like literally the top tier. Like, listen, if you go to the very <laughs> if we, bottom, <laughs> if we get fifteen hundred
0: dollars per episode, <laughs> we will consider t- doing this. <laughs> we we'll,
1: we'll 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 maybe have one conversation and then that's it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see put, what happens to bed, never to be spoken of again the flag, <laughs> what <laughs> I don't understand when are they
1: gonna do it they said that no we said we would talk about it there's a difference <laughs> we, um, had to,
0: well, we had get into a lawsuit it'd be bad <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but I mean it, I will say I'll probably still end up buying it just for like collector reasons because I have the other ones and I want to get the whole set um it was kind of strange to go from like the Disney logo to the Paramount logo to the Lucasfilm logo, and then the Lucasfilm logo got dissolved yes. into the thing. <laughs>
0: it's, it's so annoying, um, and it's
1: it's like the only Paramount movie. Because one thing is because I was messing with um, uh, uh, streaming stuff downstairs earlier. Um, it was funny to see because like Paramount doesn't have a deal with movies anywhere, and so no Paramount movies if you have them linked to anywhere else, and you can't buy them on movies anywhere. But you can do that with indie because it's technically Disney, as well as Paramount. So, um, so it was kind of funny. Like, oh, a par- i got I got Indiana Jones on my voodoo now. Can't get the other ones. <laughs> 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 At least not that way. But
0: yeah, yeah, true.
1: Um, but no, it was it, it is what it is. Um, so I I'm you know what, I will say I'm very happy that that Harrison Ford was happy because he he clearly had a lot of love for the process love for James I'm sure and love for the story and you know like all the times he was emotional which we don't ever see that no with Harrison like he's a very stoic guy um and is just good at like talking shit and and backing it up you know (laughs) like he's just (laughs) he's 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 just fantastic like I I think about um, he was, when he was doing promotion for Dial, and he was on Conan's podcast, and he's like, can I say whatever I want? And he goes, fuck you, Conan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes. Um, and then, Across the Spider-Verse, it's the other one, I'll try to be brief so we can get to yeah, these movies. Yeah,
0: I'm so, yeah, again, I'm sorry.
1: No, it's, it's, I'm glad we started that, so, because <laughs> there was definitely gonna be a lot there, I think. Um, the one thing I was definitely, like, really curious about was just how different, the the home disc release was going to be because I heard obviously the theatrical like obviously there was the audio issues and they fixed that but then there was just a lot of little changes that I didn't know about um and so like I watched a video on YouTube talking about of all the different changes like from character designs or at least like slight character design changes to just different actions that characters make and I'm like that I I mean I've seen that in other things but like it's very few and far between when it happens so I was like I wonder what version I'm going to be getting when I buy when I get my disc in the mail. Um, I did get the like digital version that people were talking about, like the changed version. Um, it didn't. I don't know if it hindered anything, but I'd be curious for anyone that's watched the movie how different it is, maybe for them when they saw it in theaters. Like I, I, I know Wykey has seen it a handful of times because he loved it. Yeah. Um, and so I, he's in the middle. He's in the middle of moving right now. So whatever he's done with that, I, w- I hope he watches it. So, <laughs> so I want to get like a little bit of that from there as well. So like, hey, give me like a Venn diagram here, um, please. Um, I will say, like, this might be another hot take. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to the Spider Verse movies, there's clearly a lot to love and a lot to appreciate about them, and they're obviously game changers, as we've seen many movies imitate. Um, but I think with both movies, the first times I've watched them, I, I enjoyed them, but I wasn't like floored the way I, I've seen a lot of people be floored.
0: I do remember this when you, when you were talking about like the first Spider-Verse. Yeah. Cause like that movie, like talk about like almost like near universal praise mm-hmm. or something, you know?
1: Like, like I just remember seeing it in theaters and everyone going, Oh, this is like the greatest thing I've ever seen. And then I watch it and I'm like. Did I, did I get a 3D version or what's going on? Because it looks strange to me. Um, but no, it was the real version. Um, but I will say as time has gone on and the more I've watched Into the Spider-Verse, I've become a fan of it and I've enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, but there's no, there, there's no denying that there's that element of it where I initially watch it and I do enjoy it, but I'm immediately like, do I love this? Maybe not, but I find it to be very good. Mm -hmm. um and so knowing that i had i gotten to that point where i do actually love into the spider verse i'm like how would i feel about across the spider verse and almost verbatim the exact same thing happened like i i watched the movie and i'm like because again just and it could be overhyped it could be just because i don't particularly care for spider-man all that much um but just like i watch it and i remember people talking about like the that gwen stacy scene with her and her dad um and i watched it and i'm like oh i didn't realize how early in the movie it was so i'm watching it and i'm like it's emotional i feel for it i feel for gwen but i'm not like weeping right you know i'm I'm sure there's so many people because we have so many people listening obviously because we're so popular um (laughs) people listening like do you have a soul that's questionable
0: The answer to that is no, no. We're uh, neither one of us do, but you know, we're
1: we're we're corporate shills. We do this for the money, so pay us. Uh, (laughs) uh, We are currently not making money
0: on (laughs) any. No, we need money. Come on, (laughs) why why do you think we're doing this?
1: Um, For kicks? I don't think so. Um, but uh, no, like so. I'm watching the movie, and like the animation, absolutely beautiful performances fantastic um I, I like that it felt like because uh, it's a two and a half hour long movie and it's like an sort of like an empire strikes back with like a cliffhanger or like matrix reloaded with a cliffhanger um so it's definitely a part two situation uh, which i knew about even before the movie came out in theaters like i wasn't like that didn't like spoil or ruin anything for me yeah right um but i'm i'm watching the movie And I like the quieter moments. I love the scene when Miles and Gwen are, like, sitting on, like, that thing. But they're upside down because they're Spider-Mans. And it was just a nice little quiet moment. I like the quiet moment with with Miles and his mom about, you know, his stuff that he does and what he's been doing and all that stuff. Very Spider-Man stuff. Um, But I guess I just didn't find myself as emotionally invested, maybe as I was hoping I would be but I watched it a couple of times since then and, and it is getting better for me and I am enjoying it more so I feel like it is a very similar experience to Into the Spider-Verse I don't I don't like watch it on repeat necessarily so it's probably going to take a second for me to get to a point again where I'm like this is fantastic um, but it was it, it was kind of strange that it, again it, it was just like the last time like nothing had changed and I'm like I still think this is good but I'm not like oh my this is amazing but again that's just my experience though again similar to i'm happy that harrison ford was happy with dial destiny i'm happy that people like wykey and gifford who are our resident spider-man guys um and they have a whole spider-man episode on our show and maybe another one might be coming Mm -hmm. um they they both were clearly like enamored and absolutely head over heels about this movie gifford like actively messaging me and saying you gotta go see it in theaters. You just gotta. <laughs> you
0: gotta. Um,
1: I don't know if he didn't like say it like that. Like, come on, what are you doing, Gifford? <laughs>
0: a, a Sony stockholder, actually.
1: <laughs> just he hasn't said anything, but we're we're seeing him. Our, our
0: suspicions uh, uh, might be confirmed sooner or later.
1: <laughs> we're just we see you, Gifford.
0: We see know you. you. We know you were encouraging um, the um, the more billion dollars. You know
1: we we know it. Okay, we see
0: it. Come uh, on. No, but honestly, like like I'm also like not as hot on across the Spider Verse. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I like I enjoyed it, and there's a lot of like there's, like the Gwen Stacy scene. I didn't get so much emotional thing, much as just like technically as a piece of storytelling yeah um, it's amazing it's incredible and like both times i've seen it, i haven't i got the disc i haven't watched it on disc yet i was breathless like watching it because it was such like a and that's just like the beginning like the prologue so to speak of the movie yeah yeah um uh, the cliffhanger I, I i was not as hot on i knew it was gonna be like a like a part one part two kind of thing but i feel like there's mm-hmm. some movies that have handled part being a part one part two better than this movie okay. um I felt like the 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 very end, the tail end of this sort of dragged it to for this reveal thing and i'm just mm. like come on ah. <laughs> i was i was
1: <laughs> i was i was kind of surprised because like i remember seeing the teasers of like um miguel spider-man 2099 chasing miles through and i but i thought he was chasing him through different like dimensions so i'm like you know oh is, is is miles gonna like steal the the watch or whatever and then just start jumping through different dimensions but no he just just sticks to the one so i which it wasn't bad i wasn't like upset by it or anything but i was just like because i especially because i remember hearing like there was supposed to be like so many insane like artistic styles which there were but i, I thought maybe there was going to be more especially because we heard a lot about like the working conditions with this movie um which you know hey treat your artists fairly and right with respect and kindness i understand listen we're all in this together we're all doing the same thing not us specifically like we're not we don't draw just, for shit <laughs> no, 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 um, you've seen our if you've seen our initial logo you know i can't draw for shit uh, and, my,
0: and mine was just flat out rejected so <laughs> we just, just said
1: you know i got one No, <laughs> yeah, no
0: we, we could do better um no, but uh, I'm glad we could bring it. We don't always get to talk about recent releases. You no. Know, and so it's nice to just at least just briefly bring them up. Um, you know, but I think we should get into our conversation <sighs> Almost, proper.
1: Almost almost an hour <laughs> into this. This is definitely
0: uh, one of the longer
1: pre-shows, so I do apologize on that front. It's,
0: it's okay. A lot had to be said. Yeah. And part of it's my fault. Um, Damn it. How could but, you? I know.
1: You're tearing me apart!
0: I had to do at least one more before. Yeah, and, and to quote um, the quote Jim Stark, you know something? You read too many comic books.
1: That's not wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But um, anyway, so this is an episode that I've been looking forward to for quite a while, mm-hmm. actually. Time um, Because it is... You have seen the movie before this episode like sort of just because it got a new 4k uh it's a favorite of mine uh but this episode like sort of is almost sort of like a i show you some i show you a movie you show me a movie
1: which Uh, surprised me because i thought you had already seen the second one because i was just i was just so used to the idea that everybody who was in middle school had seen it but i was ah, I was kind of shocked to learn yeah
0: we'll we'll get to that because yeah. uh, it's it's it, it it's an interesting conversation to have mm. but this this first one um is is a cl- an American classic as far as like you know um older movies are cons- you know movies in the fifties are concerned it almost might be one of the definitive movies of the '50s. Yeah, I don't think that's hyperbole to say. And I think even more so than that, it's the movie that sort of made James the actor, the actor James Dean, an icon. He only did three major like feature movies. Everybody, a lot of people know this. He died in a car accident. Um, he was in his 20s, and he only did three movies. East of Eden was his first one. His last one was Giant. Both of those movies he earned both lead actor posthumous oscar nominations mm. which has never happened since uh for you know for that category also all l-
1: these movies are on 4k
0: all these movies are on 4k i still got to watch east of eden in 4k but the sec his second movie is his is the one that he's most famous for and it's the famous james dean look with the red jacket folks we're talking about rebel without a cause
1: oh yeah yeah and I, i'm not i'm not i've never been good at the follow-ups but you know
0: <laughs> um now this is a movie i always <laughs> and i'm not just, good just Some, the sometimes where i just just roll you over and just anyway go, anyway we're gonna go beyond that
1: <laughs>
0: are you okay uh, down there little, uh, steamrolling me ooh, yeah. steamrolling you, but anyway <laughs> It's always a movie I really liked and it was always one of those I, I, I watched it like, oh my god like I had the book, 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die.
1: Yeah, I've seen that at the stores. Yeah. Uh,
0: and it was what, I had a period of time where I was like putting sticky notes into movies that I had seen. You know I remember there was a point where I had seen like 300 three, almost 400 something movies in that book or something. I, I lost track of it and I don't know where it is anymore. But this was one of those movies right? It's, it's a definitive uh, movie from that era but also like I was when I was expecting Rebel Without a Cause. I was expecting like, like because James Dean is often personified as like he is cool, like, like you know, co-
1: cooler than cool. Like he is he is like the example of,
0: you know. And when I watched this movie and I wa- and especially watching it recently, I was very surprised. Like he's cool, but he, he's cool in like a very different sense of the of the word. You he's know? not even like, like
1: he's not even like necessarily the cool kid in the movie
0: no no but like it's like you know he's so to go over this movie like it's very it's very much like a contemporary for the time like kind of story yeah um james dean plays jim stark he moves to a new neighborhood he's moved around a lot he has there's a lot of you know family family issues like the family they're not like a struggling family like so to speak they have a decent Decent living, you know, it's like, living like conditions. Maybe
1: upper middle class. Yeah. Somewhere around that. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, if he has his own car and stuff like he's they're probably doing pretty okay financially speaking, but socially speaking, is just like gets into fights, there's all sorts of mm-hmm. all sorts of drama there. Um so this is his latest stop, you know, and because of this latest stop he encounters um Judy, played by Natalie Wood.
1: Another icon,
0: another icon, and Plato, played by Salminio, also another icon. Another um, icon. All three of which, so um, also, by the way, died very young.
1: Yeah, in real life too.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, like Natalie Woods thing is a whole, like doc this it's documentary, absolute, is, like
1: absolute, like total tragedy with everything. Yeah,
0: total tragedy. People still trying to dig up and you know all this stuff, but and all three of them have their own struggles you know it's like a weird because like high school is a weird time in your life like just
1: being a teenager because like you're it's that point in your life where you're you're not a kid anymore but you're not an adult just yet and so you're just figuring things out and so in a lot of in a lot of instances when you're uh, at that point in your life you're learning things that maybe you didn't notice before like you know when you're a kid your parents are these icons, these, these amazing, like, they're obviously, they're, they're like God. But then when you get older, and you realize there's a little bit more wear and tear there, that, you know, they're not perfect by any means. And even for some people, for some families, to the point where there's some heavy flaws, and they're doing things that you find a little reprehensible. Um, and all, and, and all three of these characters have severe, like, home issues yeah. and the opening scene illustrates that. Cause we're introduced to all of them going to the police station for different reasons. Um, Plato's at the police station because he took uh, a gun that was hidden or he whatever. An anim- he, yeah, he, he killed, killed an animal. He killed a, did he kill a dog?
0: I think he killed a dog. Yeah. Um,
1: I don't remember, specifically, but I know he, he had a gun and he killed an animal. Um, Natalie Wood had, uh, uh, rough encounter with her father
0: i think her father she was out and you know she's having some disagreements with with her father yeah you know uh and that's that's kind of weird at this point um yeah (laughs) and jim (laughs) jim uh is is drunk yeah he he is drunk um you know but and I think that opening scene, I think perfectly lay, lays out like the different dynamics, but also shows like, not that Jim's perfect, no. but Jim is like a sensitive guy actually. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the thing I've really grown to appreciate with this movie is that being cool is not just like hey, yeah. I'm it's, a, yeah, cool you're jacket. not,
1: you're not, fo- it's not Fonzie. Like, not, not fun. Like Henry Winkler's fucking cool. Don't get me wrong. He like He's Henry so- Winkler is one of the coolest people. Um, uh hopefully that doesn't age um <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> um so i'm hoping it does it seems he seems like a really right genuinely nice guy um but uh no not not everybody's Fonzie. there's there's a little bit more under the surface especially when you're a teenager because yep. in, in many respects the attitude you give off is a front for whatever's going on underneath and jim in, in many respects is a perfect example of that like it isn't, it isn't until, like, maybe a few moments where he actually bursts out, where, like, he can't contain it so much anymore. Like, he, like, you know, he'll be sitting in the chair, drunk, singing, or doing the siren noises, like, wee, wee, like, that whole thing. Um, but then he sees Plato is cold, and he's like, you want my jacket? It's warm. It's just, again, it's that moment he's like, I need to help this person. Or when his dad comes in, and his mom and his dad start fighting, and he sees his dad as weak because his yeah. mom keeps walking all over him and the grandma's there and she's not helping anybody because she's just criticizing everyone
0: <laughs> i love what he's just like grandma you tell another lie it will turn to stone <laughs> 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 but like even in the opening shot too where there's like the toy in the middle in the middle of the shot and he's sort of like comforting yeah that it's just like there's like you know and i, I feel like I, i've known i few people know like people in high school like that where they're not exactly like the cool kid or like an unpopular per- it's just like they're they're out there you know, it might be yeah. kind of out there you seem out there and they're actually pretty cool. Um you know, but they all sort of had their own own hang ups, like Plato well, I mean like Plato they don't outright say it in the movie, but Plato Plato's probably gay. Yeah. Um and uh Um
1: and as far as know. like his parent as far as his parentage, like didn't isn't it revealed that they abandoned him, ultimately, or like so one of them's dead.
0: One one of them's gone, and or like they're paying, they're they're sending in like money, you know, and they're, yeah. they're basically like, they, they're basically his the maid at the house is like raising him, like housekeeper yeah. or whatever is basically raising him, yeah, because he's the, everybody else. There's like there's a there's parental figures, at least two parents in the house, you know, but for him that's that's not the case.
1: He almost, um, especially towards the end of the movie, he almost uses um, Natalie Wood and James Dean as, like, the surrogate, like, stand-ins.
0: Surrogate parents. Yeah. You know, um, because, like, there's a lot of things, and, like, that's the thing I really was, kind of appreciating about, um, Sal Mineo's character, because, like, I-, I grew up somebody without a dad, you mm-hmm. know, so there's a lot of stuff that I didn't, you know, because my mom was doing a lot of stuff, but there's a lot of stuff I didn't pick up on immediately as a kid, so it's, like, you want to... Ideal like for him, he wanted. like he was like, you know, I want him to take take. I want Jim to take me fishing, you know, because I feel like he wouldn't judge me if I got something wrong or anything like that. Yeah, and I feel which like is a lot of people want that.
1: And fishing's like the quintessential like father son trip. Yeah, like right, outside exactly. of playing catch in the front yard, you go fishing or you go camping or something.
0: It's it, it's 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 surprising like the, like the way this movie like handles a lot of it's it's surprisingly like still relevant yes you know, like like yes um which is it's kind of crazy to think about because you think because not that the movies age perfectly but like it, it it feel it's just like the way these characters are written i think they're they still feel like even though like james dean is in his 20s when he's playing this teenager yeah i still think it it, feel, it still rings very true um for a lot of it. And th- uh, we haven't gotten to like, like there's like his conflicts with like buzz and like, the, no, the, the cool kids, you know? Well,
1: there's, there's just so much to peel back with those initial three characters. They're just incredibly layered. So it's almost like, like you were like, obviously like you, you were talking about your relation. Like, I think for me, like I, I, not to dive into my own personal, life or my upbringing with my family or anything, but I very much in many respects related to Jim Yep. and a lot of his, a lot of his struggles. And I even, I mean, I even related to Natalie Wood's character and you know, there's that, there's that aspect of her where she wants to sort of retain her youth and her father's like, you can't be doing that. You got to grow up. And she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> do Do you not love me? He's like, no, I love you. Just, you. just we can't be doing that. And or like, you know, Jim just with all the conversations he has with his parents, especially like in 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 the realm of like honesty and what's the right thing to do and it's like that's I think that especially really hit 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 me hard because I've had these kinds of conversations with my family just the idea of what is the right thing to do because when you're a kid again, your parents they'll know exactly what to do they'll be able to help you and they still do even when you're an adult but that doesn't mean that necessarily what they're doing to help you is something you agree with or how you want to like so like you know obviously the thing with with buzz you know there's uh that whole complication in buzz i'm gonna this is how i segue into that um (laughs) uh buzz as a character. You know he's one of the cool kids. He's established at the school. He's got all these friends. He's dating Natalie Wood, and it's a whole it's a whole thing. And uh, he sees James Dean, maybe somewhat threatening, or but at the same time he's like, look at this guy, look at this clown, you know. And James Dean has some like a like a masculinity issue, maybe like an inferiority complex because he's afraid he's going to be his dad. And so when people call him chicken, very Back to the Future Part Two, um, and three uh he gets triggered by it and he's like what did you call, what did you call me and so um they uh make after fighting with knives which happens in uh, both these movies um uh uh they make an agreement buzz and jim to uh do a what what do they call it again a chicky a chicky a chicky run a chicky run that is a very that seems like a very 50s term like a chicky run
0: yeah
1: Um, so basically what they're doing is they're, they, they jack these cars, um, that are like just runnable. Like they're just good enough to do whatever it is they're trying to do. And their plan is they're going to drive to the cliff of this, like ravine, like this area that they're at. And, um, whoever jumps out of their car first is a chicken. Um, Jim jumps out of his car during this, uh, but, um, Buzz can't because he's stuck and he falls off the cliff and dies. And that changes everything. And it ch- yeah, and Jim especially uh, is like, I want to go to the police because I was involved in this. Like, I didn't kill him, but I was there. I was involved. I have this, like, I have to do it. And his parents are like, no, 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 let's, we can't do that. It's like, no, I have to do this. And so the moment like that, especially like I, 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 related to, uh, immensely, not that I've ever like, you know, been in a situation like that, thankfully, but, um, in smaller instances, I've definitely had those kind of disagreements with my family or members of my family in which I'm like, no, I, I feel like this, this feels more morally right than, than, than what you're suggesting. And I feel like I have to do this. And so like watching that, scene in Jim's house when he's talking to his parents that especially rattled me and it I felt it felt so it, relevant
0: I think the way the movie is shot too like there, mm-hmm. like, there are a lot of times where it feels very like a standard like you know production at that time but there's like, like I think about the I always remember in my mind like the way like Jim's on the stairs as he's having this conversation with his parents the way it's lit very low the camera, lit. very the ca- with the cameras tilted uh there's when another, it literally like,
1: does that like tilt
0: it's so, like, it's so kind effective. of, a, it's really, uh, really unsettling. Yeah. Um, but I was also thinking about, it too, like, with the Buzz character, like, I remember, like, there was, like, saying, like, we got to do something. And I feel like that's such, that is such, like, a teenage yeah. attitude. You know, if something happens, we got to do, you got to do something.
1: We got to do know? something.
0: Because you don't, you don't, nobody slows down to think about, you know, think about these things.
1: No. We're all moving so fast. We got to, we got to do uh, something.
0: Um, you know, but I also, like, I think about, like, I love the scene where they're looking at the mansion and they're imagining themselves as, like, adults, you know, mm. at this ab- abandoned mansion.
1: Uh... It makes it makes <laughs> me wish I had an abandoned mansion. Sometimes, like, oh, hey, but I would never go in there. It's, un- it's unsanitary. It's unsafe. Don't do it.
0: It's unsanitary, unsafe. Uh, probably highly illegal, you know. It's
1: tetanus and uh, jail time. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't want to oh, either yeah. of those things.
0: No, no, no. Um, but I also like, you know, it's just, there's, there's so much about this like movie. Um, obviously the end is very tragic. Um, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, you know, uh, Plato has that gun and you know, he, he did shoot, he shoots somebody with it and he's hiding in the, in the observatory, you know, mm-hmm. and like the yeah. famous,
1: uh, Griffith observatory in California. Yes. Yes, yeah.
0: that's probably one of the big reasons why this movie, why that is so fam- part of the mm-hmm. reason why that's so famous is, is this movie I imagine. But I, I agree with that. Um, you know, so Jim sort of, you know, he cuz obviously like the adults they feel like they know what exactly what to do. They got to go yeah. this, but he's like, "No, let me talk to him first. Let's cool our jets." And at first it seems like he's able to almost nego almost negotiate it. But it doesn't just, it doesn't work out they don't turn the lights and off
1: they the, they they it's, it's just a, it's worse
0: uh, too cuz he takes the bullets out of the gun, of Plato's gun while he's looking at it like he and
1: screams he, at them after he was shot yeah like i took the bullets i have the bullets yeah there was that, that,
0: there was that,
1: even, a, there was even that moment too when his mom's like i thought it was jim and i just yeah. i just kept thinking about that like obviously you know you don't want your kid to be the one you know, to be in that situation. But it, it, it definitely hurt to feel like a, maybe like a sense of relief Yeah, that it was somebody else a little bit. I'm like, Ugh. and again, it's that it's, it's in a, in a subtle way or we're well, not really subtle, but like in a different way, that same mentality from earlier on with the conversation with Jim, where she's like, you know, we need to do the best for you. And it's like, but that's not the best. Right. It's not. And, that whole yeah that whole ending scene just rips your heart out
0: um and I, again with the camera like when he when plato was shot mm-hmm. and the way the camera almost feels like it's handheld for like a mo- moment when he's like he falls down yeah um just really powerful really powerful stuff um but i also like going back to the jim's dad jim Bacchus, mr magoo himself <laughs> um i had yeah. to mention that cuz i it's, just find it true. funny but i mean and this is part of some of the stuff where it hasn't aged well but some of it is pretty good for the movie like cuz obviously jim wants his dad to be like to take more charge he makes a reference for like i wish he would hit hit my, i wish he would hit my mom sometimes or like yeah. maybe, which is obviously like no Don't. it's stupid but also you the, the, the like, i love the way that character arc finishes though where he's just like i'll stand with you jim like yeah. it's yeah. such a nice moment of like validation you know but for that I w- character
1: i would also say almost in a in a strange way i could see that still sort of feeling relevant in the sense that like a teenager would probably immediately be like why you know what i mean like i think it rings true to 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 a teenage character that they would suggest something like that even today to be like if they had those feelings if they had that feeling about one of their parents like why don't why don't you do maybe they wouldn't suggest hitting but maybe they would
0: no you're not you're probably not wrong Um, yeah you know, Though but, we don't
1: endorse it, obviously, but I think it, it feels it still feels genuine, maybe, to a certain degree.
0: It, it, it rings true on some level, for sure. Yeah. Um, what also I find interesting, too, is that the title Rebel Without a Cause, which is objectively a great title for it's something. Like, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm just surprised there isn't a band called that after the movie. Um, if there is, actually, hey, you guys are great, I'm sure. There's I a hope. book.
0: There was a book, Rebel Without a Cause, but it, the movie and the book only share the title. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, because I think it's about like a, like psychopaths, the book. Oh. I got I got to double check that. And the, apparently, this was in development for a while. Brando was was attached to it at one point. Oh, they were going to make and it into a movie. They were going to make it into a movie. It didn't happen. Uh, but I think I'm glad this is the result because yeah, uh, like I love this movie. Um, I love all three of the movies. Um, James Dean did, and he like his with his. I hope to talk about East of Eden and. Um, Giant, giant especially giant at some point because it really you really get the sense. i mean because for years i'd only ever seen rubble without a cause and i loved i was james dean i had james dean t-shirts i have, I have a book i have a like fo- book photo book on james dean yeah,
1: my friend um my friend phoenix they're they're a big fan of james dean and like they would talk about whenever like in college they would talk about like going to the i think they mentioned going to the 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 crash site where they have like murals and stuff put up for James Dean. I don't remember. I'm not gonna if if they didn't yeah. do that, but I do remember them talking about it for sure.
0: Um, cause I mean, again, like seeing him in East of Eden, and Giant, I'm just like, and you re- especially when you watch him in Giant, you're just like, man, you you look at it and it's like a, it's like you always with anybody who passes like untimely, you're like, what if? Uh, yeah. But I also want to mention too, obviously Natalie Wood is fantastic in this movie. She's incredible. Um, She's incredible. I mean, I, I as a kid I known her as the little girl in Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, and obviously many people know her in West Side Story as, as Maria. You know, mm-hmm. there's other things that she's OG seeing. Maria. O. G. Maria. And she's fa- she's fantastic, um, in this movie. And then Sal Minio, um, who my mom my mom and my grandma had a crush on when they were when they were younger. Um, he
1: was a good looking kid.
0: He was a good looking good- 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 kid. Yeah. Um, also fantastic really fantastic. Um in this movie. It's just it, it really is like I think re-watching it, it really surprised me how well this movie holds up.
1: That's I think that's the thing, especially with movies about the youth, and I think that's why I I like this double feature so much. And I don't mean to jump immediately to that. No, no. But yeah. um uh I love that both of these movies are very much in their time periods. This one is contemporary, the other one's a period piece. But it doesn't change that a lot of what they're discussing or a lot of what they're talking about from an emotional standpoint is still relevant to this very day. Yeah. Um I mean, we're both of us, we're like we're we are in our thirties. I, I almost forgot. Oh yeah, that's right, Joey did finally check ta- I'm sorry. I did turn thirty. Yeah, <laughs> Have, okay. ha- happy belated birthday. Um, <laughs> um but but like at the same time, we're getting to that point in our lives where this whole new generation showed up and like they have whole different experiences and a whole different language even and so and and it's just it's just crazy like at the same time though like a lot of the stuff that they're going through will cl- click in so, some memory in our brain like oh yeah like i that's not to say that everybody has the same experiences but there is that sort of collective emotional feeling that's like it's a very general thing like when you're a kid and your relationship with your parents when you're a teenager uh your relationship with school when you're a teenager like there's there's a there's a commonality there and a relatability there that transcended from when this movie came out to this very moment of our lives and it's just like it's 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 kind of like it's 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 kind of wild, but it's, um, when you're just sitting and thinking about it, like it feels like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Cause you know, we're all, we're all kids at some point, we're all teenagers at some point. But, um, when you're really just sitting there thinking about, it, it's like, yeah, like you're watching this and it still like hits, like it still hits home hard even yep. at times. I mean, yeah, like, you know, the styles have changed. The language has changed. The, the beliefs have changed to a certain degree. Um, and some things needed to change uh but it is it is kind of wild that that still is consistent i guess
0: and, and like the feeling of feeling lost yeah you know, like, that's a, a, like a, that a that's a big thing that is a big
1: thing when you're a teenager
0: it's it's, it's even it's, now it's some it's something that i don't think will ever quite go away Mm-mm. um but, it, it, again it's one of those movies where if I like I I, I feel comfortable that okay maybe there would be like some kids would be like okay some of this is corny but like so I feel like some kids would be like might, might take I away relate. something <laughs> might take away something from this and I think they might take away something um from our next film uh which we're gonna take a brief intermission and when we come back we are going to stay gold
1: stay gold pony boy welcome back to two dudes one double feature in our last segment we talked about rebel without a cause uh incredible movie uh kind of a deep conversation honestly but i feel like this this one might even continue on i feel like should we have put some kind of trigger warning maybe do you, do you feel like anything we're gonna talk about is maybe triggering
0: we'll we'll talk about what well, we could we could do that we'll do that in post
1: okay um so I was just thinking about that because I know there's some there's some shit in both these movies. Great, I don't think we really like touched on things that are necessarily triggering, but you never know.
0: For the most part, um, yeah, yeah.
1: But this one, you know, again, you know, we'll see what happens. But in case in case we forget, trigger warning for for both these movies. I know we're late, but hey. Um, <laughs> um but no, uh, this whole episode is really about. Like adolescence and 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 kind of coming of age and like having, like moments of self discovery, but also learning more about how the world work. Like like finally having like an adult feeling, I guess maybe. Um, which I think Rebel Without a Cause explored a lot with. And uh, when we were watching the movie, I was telling Joey, "This makes me think of another movie that I that I watched when I was really young." Not I mean not like really young, but like I watched it when I was in middle school uh because we were reading the book that the movie's based on, and uh I had told Joey about it, and to my surprise, he said he'd never seen it because i was so I was so used to this idea that it was like almost uh on every curriculum mm-hmm. you know like it's almost funny to like go back and like think about all the books that you read in class and then like the movie adaptations like. I was thinking about holes the other day and like I know holes I read in school um because that was kind of part of the curriculum or I think it became but I don't remember I think I think we did have to read it but then obviously around that same time the movie was coming out and so now for younger generation they're going to be probably watching that movie in the in the class um so it is kind of funny to think about that and this was one movie that I feel like oddly enough, of all the movies that I've seen in school, which includes some genuinely fantastic movies, um, this one I think about a lot for some reason. Mm. And when we watched this movie, it it immediately made me think of... or when we watched Rebel Without a Cause, it immediately made me think of this one. And uh, so, and then again, it turned into something where I was showing you a movie you'd never seen. Uh, so, uh, what is this what is this film we're talking about today?
0: We are talking about uh, the Francis Ford Coppola directed <sighs> The just Outsiders. Confused. Okay. <laughs> it's, okay just, it just, it's just a comment. The Francis Ford... Right? Okay. okay. The Francis Ford Coppola directed The Outsiders.
1: Um, specifically, we watched uh, the complete novel version.
0: Yeah, I, I did want to. Okay, I do. I owe Richard an apology, but also like it was a it was a situation. <laughs> this movie is available. The theatrical version is available mm-hmm. to stream on H. Was available to stream on HBO Max? Yes. Um. Oh, this like, story. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this is on, this is this is on me. This is okay. th- this. I think this is the closest we've gotten to the. Um, <laughs> 2019 <laughs> incident where I'm telling Richard to get off of this, uh, to stop standing on this thing in Magic Kingdom. Um, <laughs> Please, no. Continue. I want to uh, tell the story. So, because because you're just like, uh, well, I rented it. Well, because I didn't know. I don't. I guess I didn't fully realize that there was like a director's cut or like a like a longer well, version
1: of it. Like I know that. Um, there was a there's a 4K disc that they released I think in 2021 because, um, Coppola had done a restoration of it and I think he he has done like director's cuts I think right
0: hasn't he well I mean he there's a bunch of different versions of the complete epic of the Godfather where it's told in yeah. chronological order there's also um, for the Godfather Part Three there's the go- it's called the godfather coda the death of michael corleone because i forgot all uh, about that (laughs) honestly because he's he's even said it in like the commentary tracks and i agree with him that it shouldn't be the godfather part three because the main story of the godfather is one and two and part three if you look at three as an epilogue it's it's a better it's better time um, that said, I still haven't watched the Godfather Coda yet. Um,
1: neither, neither have I, uh, we will soon though. I think we,
0: w- we will soon. Yes, we have that. Um, we do have that plan, but you know, like, yeah, Coppola has gone back and, d- and done things, you know, I guess I just don't always think about it that way. Cause you know, he's not George Lucas. You
1: know? No, I mean, he, he, he came up with those, with those directors from that time period, but he's, he's, you know, again, George Lucas is very, but but he's done like, yeah. was it
0: the cotton club? Like, um, encore, I think it's called. Or, um, I think, yeah. It, it's and which I'm curious. There's a like after watching a bunch of like different videos and stuff. Patrick Williams did a great Coppola retrospective. He did like a,
1: a genuinely good one, actually.
0: You know, because again, I, I've seen all of Coppola's 70s movies. I love the Godfather films. The Conversation is a great movie that I need to rewatch. Apocalypse Now.
1: <laughs> I still have not seen that. I still have not seen that one actually. You so seen I got Apocalypse Now. I got to watch it. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah you got to watch it at some point. But, like, th- that's another one that has a bunch of cuts, too. Mm-hmm. So, what am I saying going on sale? <laughs> not known for, I'm, I'm a big idiot. That's all you need to know. But also, we've got one of our first early episodes, or first one of our first Halloween episodes, is mm-hmm. Brad Stoker's Dracula, which is my favorite Coppola movie. It's, 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 got, it's,
1: a, it's a great one. So. It's, got,
0: it's got vampires. It's beautiful. It's practical effects. Gary Oldman's eyes are in like a red sky. It's fucking wild. There's blue fire. It's fucking wild, dude.
1: It's it's a good time. Um, it's amazing. And also, but, yeah,
0: not, not to again. I Coppola commentary tracks are some of the best ones you'll ever listen to. Like I would. Get, That's what I've heard. Yeah. I want to get the outsiders. I don't know if there's a commentary track for the outsiders.
1: Disc. I think I think there might be. Don't quote me on it, but there should be.
0: I would listen to it because. He is like the way he t- talks about like the history of a production, his thought process on things, like just his voice too. Like I th- find it very soothing. Like we used to talk about the Godfather movies. Like he-, he talks about like an anecdote where like you know, in the God spoiler for Godfather Part Two, when one of the characters dies, that the actress didn't want to be in the coffin because it's like su- superstitious. So Coppola yeah. got his mom to be in the coffin instead. <laughs> 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 it's Plan B. It's, it's playing so he talks about his family a lot in different things because uh, I believe Carmine Coppola does the music or at least some of the music mm. in this
1: I think so yeah no he yeah he did he did the score for this and he wrote the music for the song that Stevie Wonder sings
0: that's right um the Carmine Coppola um you know so important to note. Uh, but let's get to the this movie, which I well,
1: also... Well, was, what about the story? Hold on. Oh, the, the story, yes. <laughs> so, yes. well, but we
0: had this... I feel like I was... You said I was a little me, which I was a little me, <laughs> but... Well, I... Uh, can I
1: tell my, my side of it a little bit? You,
0: you tell your side of it, yes. Yeah, uh,
1: sure. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, please. So, I, I, I knew it was on Max already, because I looked on Letterboxd, and I was like, well, I want to I see if I can rent it on 4K, because... I know there's the, the complete novel version, and I think on Voodoo they have the theatrical cut available, because I accidentally bought it twice. But uh, I was like, it's okay. I have both cut. It's two different movies. So, um, But I'd actually never seen the complete novel version, and I wanted to see, because I sort of remember the theatrical cut. Um, and I know it's on Max, but I was like, you know what? I want to watch it on 4K, because uh, I, you know, I have my setup and everything, and I want to watch the complete novel version. And so... I was like, uh, I was like, I, I had just gotten home from Best Buy and I was like, all right, I'm going to rent it. Uh, and he's like, and you're like, wait, it's on, it's on max. I'm like, I know it's on max. Uh, I I'm going to get the 4k though. And you put a laughing reaction to it. And I was like, I don't understand what's funny, but okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: because I did not know or completely forgot that there was a complete, the complete novel version. So I'm like, is Richard? I believe you would do this too. So I'm still being a little mean that you would get want to watch the 4K Dick. version because HBO Max does not have it on 4K. It's just no, it does. Whatever. It's just whatever it is. But it was also like a whole process of like trying to get me to watch it because it's not available directly on some services, even though it is on Movies Anywhere.
1: It is. Yeah. Like when you buy stuff on the app through Movies Anywhere, you're, be- you're essentially buying it through iTunes. And I couldn't find it on on iTunes directly, so it was just strange that I could find it through that outlet. Yeah, and then it transitioned to Apple anyway, and transitioned to Vudu anyway after like waiting a little bit.
0: Very, and then I remember like because we found a way where I was I was able to watch it, but then and like, it looked weird. It would looked weird, and I'm like the whole opening thing. I was like Stevie Wonder. I could hear it clearly, and I'm like I'm sure this is beautiful, <laughs> but <it's> not like <laughs> skipping out really fucking hard. So I yeah. had it rented on Voodoo. I apologize to Richard. It's a it was a whole thing, and I think I was just like, I was like, "Why is he laughing at me? What am I doing? I'm not well, being funny." Laughing, we laugh at each <laughs> other anyway. So like, it was just such a weird thing to laugh at. It was hurt my feelings. Ooh. Yeah, that's the next like teen movie, like the, the generational angst.
1: You're laughing at me too much. <laughs> I say one thing, and I say another thing, and then you just ha <laughs> ha all over again. That
0: was, that was pretty good. Yeah, it was. That was pretty Listen, good. You might have a career as a James Dean impersonator, but beyond this. <laughs>
1: Speaking of James you, Dean impersonators. If you,
0: ha- if you haven't like turned this off already, now we're going to talk about <laughs> The Outsiders, which is a book that you read in, in middle school, you said?
1: It was a book that was assigned for me to read in middle school. I didn't okay. read it. <laughs>
0: Signed to read. I, I knew that part. I wanted to see if <laughs> yeah. the you know, audience to be like, <gasps> and "Do something."
1: What? Yeah, yeah. I was. I listen. I feel like this is like kind of a sequel episode to the teacher episode, um, where now I'm like just getting more into the detail. Like, yeah, I was not a great student. Um, uh, again, school system didn't do much. Didn't like wasn't for me. Didn't like. You know, it, it's a whole thing, it's tough. but um, you know, like any English class, you know, you're assigned a book and you got to read a couple chapters over the course of you know a period of time and do uh, homework assignments and all that stuff. And I I didn't like to read necessarily. I found it hard, and it was it was like I'm not diagnosed dy- dyslexic, but I feel like I have the signs. But I'm not a doctor, so I can't make any confirmation or anything but i, I mean, feel there are, like
0: there are plenty of people like not that you can officially die like but there are people who probably have undiagnosed like probably parents generation and probably even our generation too where the people have undiagnosed shit so like that's oh, probably power list. went out <laughs> <laughs>
1: i'm just glad i know what i know i'm just glad i know what i know Dude, can you hear oh me? gosh power went out yeah did your power go out
0: yeah oh my gosh that's saying in but holy oh 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 crap. oh
1: okay oh, so great. just this as a quick funny. update Joey's power just went out for like a brief moment and he's skipping really hard right now um, and out saying trying to reconnect because uh, I mean obviously listen Wi-Fi is connected see. to power all right Joey's he, Joey's back he's just really fuzzy but he's back this is
0: it's gonna be a mess oh my god they're probably gonna be like oh my God <laughs> oh
1: God he he sounds like uh, he, he sounds like you guys know Max Headroom? that's like that's like a famous 80s character he kind of was like what, what 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 like oh are you back now officially
0: I'm back now uh yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> hopefully you enjoy this that little commentary of me talking about you losing your power <laughs> it's fun it's fun so yeah um but can you how can you hear me clearly enough
0: at least yeah i can hear i can hear you clearly I'll okay
1: Okay, cool. And it doesn't seem like there's really a delay, so that's good. Um anyways, back to our regularly scheduled programming. Um uh I was I just didn't like to read, you know, cuz it was just hard and it it didn't I, I it's hard for me to be patient with a lot of things. I mean, I even with watching movies I can get pretty antsy admittedly. Um but there's I guess it's cuz it's a visual thing it's a little bit easier, but Um, with books, it was always sort of hard to get into something, even stuff that like later in life, I'd be like, Oh, I love this. You know, I didn't, I don't think I really appreciated books until like, uh, I was in high school to like maybe sophomore, junior year. But I remember, uh, distinctly, um, the outsiders being assigned to us. And I remember, uh, being assigned the work of Robert Frost because that, you know, who's a poet, um, who his work is directly referenced in the book. And I remember us watching the movie and, you know, I, whenever you watch, you know, in class, whenever you watch the movie that the books are based on, um, sometimes you'll have to note like what's different between the book and the movie. That's maybe like a thing so that the teachers know you were paying attention. (laughs) Um, but, uh, like at at the end of the day, like I feel like I like I told I told I told this to Joey beforehand before we started recording. I'm like I want to try to make up for <laughs> not doing that great. I'm sure when it came to talking about this, but there's stuff that I still retained. And then years late, then years later, I'd watch The Outsiders again. And I'd be like, this movie's fantastic. And um, I was just I was just surprised like let me ask you this. What, do you remember what books you did read when you were like middle school era of middle education?
0: <sighs> middle, middle school. Um, you know what? It's like a lot of stuff that's like in like the textbook kind of thing. I remember reading, you know, the Twilight Zone, classic Twilight Zone episode, the monsters are due on Maple street. Hmm. We read that novels. We read the giver. Yeah. You, know, you, you know, like the, they made it into a Jeff, Bridges, like Jeff Bridges movie
1: that's right yeah I didn't, I didn't know anything about the book but I knew I know the movie yeah
0: touch touching spirit bear which everybody like every 13 year old boy made fun of because of the title um,
1: yeah when you when you're touching anything <laughs> oh,
0: spirit bear this giant white bear on the cover it's like this kid's like shirtless it's like what you know uh, um... but, like and then I remember reading call of the wild in, um, I read Call of the Wild in 8th grade, and... Have you heard of Elie Wiesel's Night? I think so. Night is a very, like, horrific... Yes. Uh, ...depiction of his, um, of his time in concentra- in the concentration camp with his father. Uh, yeah. Speaking of stor- s- situations where you have to really become the parent, like, you almost become the adult, uh, oof, no. Yeah. That was, that's a chilling experience, like, you know. And he but, was on, op- he was, sorry...
1: No, I was say that, that that that's the moment you said that I was like, okay, I think I did read because I know we like we did read like the Diary of Anne Frank, but
0: I think like other than Anne Frank, he might be the most like f- like most read like Holocaust like account in a lot of respects. Yeah, um, yeah, because I remember also. Oh, I remember reading Jacob's Rescue. That's another like Holocaust story um, mm-hmm. about bo- boys that were living. Um, Boy, boys that were living with these um these the these Catholics uh, I believe um I've read it a read that book a couple times but yeah like Eli like he was also on like Oprah by the way Eli like was on Oprah a lot so a lot he he received controversy for that but basically mm-hmm. in any case like those are like I remember a lot more stuff in like high school like we read a lot of Shakespeare like you know yeah. we read, like Romeo and Juliet uh in fact when we read Romeo and Juliet that was when like love story was like a really big recent hit by Taylor, by well-known yeah. artist Taylor Swift. You know, yeah, uh, who, who, you know, <laughs> Taylor Swift.
1: You know, legendary was, singer.
0: It was a different era. Forget it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. That was I, good. I, I appreciate get, that. That was good. That was good. Thank you. That was good. It's like it's like the, your James Dean pr- Like, listen, we're getting. Somewhere. <laughs> um, but, but, like I read like 1984. Uh, uh, yeah, remember that in high school. Uh, I read this Str- this stranger, which I really hated, and then I read Siddhartha, which I really loved in senior mm. year. Read Macbeth. Reading a book in a lot of class is one thing, but when you're reading like a play, and you're just it- it's the worst. Just watch that's the whole the play. Different you're, thing. You're, like yeah. Death of a Salesman is a fantastic play, but not when you just have a bunch of really zoned out like high like high school seniors like
1: leaning on the desk, just going.
0: Romeo, Romeo,
1: wherefore art thou, Romeo, uh, your turn, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. um,
0: but the outsiders, I guess w- was one that you, you know, you were assigned in, in middle school. Mm-hmm. You were saying, Okay. I was,
1: I was assigned, I was assigned that in middle school and oh,
0: I know why I was asking that. Did you read cat? You might've read catcher in the rye or at least were told to read, catcher um, i,
1: don't I <laughs> uh, admittedly a lot of the books that were assigned to me in school were told that i was told i had to read them um <laughs> i will say there were definitely times i actually like did the assignments but most of the time i didn't um uh catcher in the rye we may have covered it but i don't remember it off the top of my head but that I know I, I I mean again I know the book but you know
0: it's because that's what one of the other things I was thinking about when, when like that was hearing about the outsiders I'm like because Catching the Rye was one of those where it's just like it is about like a young person a young person trying to figure themselves out you know being you know going from being a kid uh, to being you know an adolescence
1: I do like that makes me think of like Lord of the Flies we did read that
0: I we read that too yeah mm-hmm. or oh, picky. <laughs> Cra- in um, the criteria collection. The it is.
1: Anyway. Yeah. Um, I always remember like as far as like book experiences when we had to read Beowulf like mm. the epic poem Beowulf in high school yeah, and then the yeah. year literally the year that I was in school and we were learning that the Zemeckis movie came out and uh, my teacher was like if you go see the movie and you bring your ticket stuff back bonus points. So I'm like of course I'm doing that. <laughs> then I watched the movie and I'm like it's okay. You know, it's, you know, animation's weird, but it's okay. I like the, you know what? I liked that Neil Gaiman wrote the script, and I love Neil Gaiman.
0: So there you go. There you go.
1: Two thumbs up for that. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, ca- I came back and I got bonus points. I was like, I got my ticket stub. This is a great homework assignment. Uh, <laughs> but I do remember The Outsiders a lot, and I think what what helped retain it for me too is. Because the movie is as beloved, I think, as the or at least it's as well known as the. Because I remember being in college, and friends would be joking, "Are you a greaser? Or are you a soch? And I'm like, "I'm just here, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put me in that situation." Um, but like, it's I think it, I think it's it helps definitely when a when a book like that has like such a an incredible filmmaker make the movie adaptation, and then the movie becomes maybe as well-known or as beloved as the book itself and so it's it's a movie that stayed with me for a while and you know i've watched it a couple of times this i will say i like i had a much better time watching the movie for our show than maybe i did in school but i think that's like you were saying like anything you know it's it's just it's better when you're doing something for fun versus being assigned something it's
0: because like i think about the reading the great gatsby and i'm like I don't give a shit about fucking Gatsby. What a fucking, like, <laughs> dumbass. <bet>, and <laughs> then when you're older, you're like, The green light! <laughs> Daisy, why? Oh. Ah, the yellow car! <laughs> why
1: didn't I care about this before? He
0: never got to fully enjoy his <laughs> He built this all for her. Oh, and I'm selling Miss Piggy.
1: <laughs> it's, it's okay.
0: It's, just, <laughs> it, it, it's oh man but that, that's all like so many things where it's just like when you're that young you're like what it's supposed to mean that what the fuck are you on
1: like what is this, this is dumb
0: or like see, then, the thing the thing <laughs> I, I, yeah. I this trigger warning for like gunshot death the, and spoiler alert for of mice and men i'll never forget my t- like my high school uh sophomore high school um english teacher This is the John Malkovich version, and she just Mm -hmm. repeated when Lenny gets shot over and over, and people were laughing, and I'm just like, oh my god, it's one of those weird memories that sticks with you, but anyway, uh, but yes, I I, I did have a good time watching this, though, Um, Mm -hmm. and watching it, I can't imagine watching, I wanted to watch the theatrical version before this, but like, there's no time. Mm -hmm. Sadly, but no. uh
1: it, it, At this point, right now, we're just we just got stuff going
0: on. Like, I'll try to watch it at some point because I, I am genuinely curious. What would you cut out? <laughs> like, I just <laughs> I, I, just like, I look at this and I'm like, what? it was
1: like it was funny because like when we were watching the the complete novel version, and I'm like, this is a whole different opening. <laughs> like this is very different, and I'm like, because I don't remember them introducing the characters. The way they do in the movie because i if i remember correctly um the one of the first scenes again i could be wrong so it's been a while since i've seen the theatrical version one of the first scenes is the scene when uh dallas johnny and pony boy are waiting to go to the movies uh to like go to the drive-in or whatever and then you sort of are introduced to the other characters like soda pop and steve and two-bit and it's like uh it feels kind of like weird that that was the initial opening, but that this opening makes so much more sense. <laughs> so, but to get, to get more a little bit into the, into the actual movie itself. So, um, in, in Oklahoma, uh, I believe I, I was Googling it cause I wasn't sure specifically what, uh, the year was, but in the book and I think of the movie, it's supposed to be 65. Okay. Um, So we'll, we'll fix that if it's incorrect, but I, I think I remember them saying it was six, like Googling it and they said it was 65. Um, and in this, in this town in Oklahoma, you have these sort of, these two sides of this town, like the North side and the South side and the South side, uh, you, it's a very more, it's like an upper class, rich folk. Um, and then the teens there who like have a gang are called socias. Um, they're very well off. They dress very preppy, um. You know they they can get away with things. they they have connections to higher ups. You know it's like it's it's a very one percenter sort of area of that town. On the north side, you have uh, the more uh, poverty uh area of the town, and a lot of the kids there uh, are in a gang called the Greasers, and they're very much like troublemakers. They like to break the law. You know, like like not that's not to say that is. Exactly who these characters are, which is kind of one of the major points of the whole movie. But that's what the general consensus is with Sochas and Greasers, that the Soches, you know, they're troublemakers, but they're they're more well to do and it's like they didn't mean it. Whereas mm-hmm. the Greasers, it's like punks. Yeah. Dirty punks. And they're called greasers because their hair is like slicked back, you know. Like that's sort of you know you see you see a kid with their hair slicked back and it's like, Greaser. Um like right now, I haven't showered, so I'm technically a greaser right now. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, our main our main character we t- we we typically follow the greaser side of town, and the social and the social side of town is is more like spoken of, and we meet a few characters who exist on the soch side, uh, the south side soches. Um. And then with the greasers, uh, we follow them more directly, and specifically, we're following Ponyboy Curtis, who's played by C. Thomas Howell. Um. Amongst uh, plethora of iconic freaking act like the act the cast in this movie holy shit it, it definitely makes you think about like how so many uh those like eight 70s 80s movies introduced like all these actors that we look at so fondly like you know pretty much everybody in this movie
0: <laughs> on some on some level yeah for sure
1: like because uh, we got c thomas howell I mean, he probably hadn't hasn't had like the most prosperous career amongst the group, but I mean, he's he, he's worked, and I mean, you know, he's in, he's incredible in this uh, as Pony Boy. Um, Ralph Macchio, the Karate Kid, plays Johnny. Um, uh, who and Johnny, well, I'll, I'll get I'll get in the character description in a second, but uh, we have Matt Dillon as Dallas. Uh, uh, we have Patrick Swayze as uh Derry curtis um rob Lowe as uh soda pop <laughs> these are their legal names by the way which is fantastic <laughs> like his real name is pony boy his real name is soda pop um uh two-bit who's played by emilio estevez yeah um and then of course uh i love that tom cruise who probably has the least amount of screen time amongst this cast of like the grease the main greaser kids his name's just steve i was because i was trying to remember like what was his name in the because everyone has these like like amazing names um probably like the 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 one name that's like the most normal is uh is johnny but then like what was what was tom cruise's character's name steve Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but even outside of that you have um diane lane as uh one of the socias who plays cherry um, uh, Leif Garrett, who's a musician, a very famous musician. Um, I mean, Coppola founds found a hell of a lot of like stars, like or future stars, to show up in this movie. Yeah. Um, like and like, all of them really like deliver. Honestly, uh, Pony Boy, uh, C. Thomas Howell's character, Pony Boy, uh, who's our main character. He's sort of like um he's a very sort of like laid back kind of character but he's he's kind of the kid amongst the whole thing even though it almost feels like he's older than Johnny but Johnny's supposed to be 16 and and Ponyboy's 14 right. but you're like really? <laughs> really? Um but uh he and he and Johnny are like best friends um and they st- they stick with each other through thick and thin um uh pony boy's older brothers uh dairy and soda pop like dairy is essentially a father figure you know the parents are gone so darius take care of everything they joke sometimes that if it wasn't for soda and pony boy that dairy would be a soc um but uh because he's always like like it's funny like to hear about like the conversations before like the big rumble scene and he's like come on terry i could do it. it's like all right but you be careful <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you be careful for that rumble we're about to do with those socias where we're gonna fight them with our fists and get bloody you be careful yeah. uh <laughs> so <laughs> um and uh, then soda pop sort of like the middle man who's just kind of like come on guys um two bits almost like that fun uncle He's always wearing Mickey Mouse shirts. He's a big Mickey. He's he's the, he's, he's the, the original Disney adult. Yeah. <laughs> he's the original Disney adult. If listen, if he if he if he's doesn't have Mickey ears then he's 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 faking.
0: But I love his character cuz it's like obviously they're doing all the like going in getting in these rumbles and some of these very dangerous situations and sometimes he's just sitting around just eating food, watching some cartoons. <laughs> so he just shows <laughs> you like that weird like cuz they're definitely like okay, I'm I'm a, I'm trying to grow up. I'm a big boy. I'm
1: gonna watch Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I le- I love that when someone's like, Hey, two bit Mickey Mouse is on and He's like Okay, he, he literally takes an entire cake and a beer. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. Um and then and then Steve, Steve's like like a best friend of soda pops and uh it's just like tom cruise just like doing stunts <laughs> it's you know it is kind of funny it is sort it, it's it's almost strange really especially in this day and age to see a movie with tom cruise in it where he's like the least important aspect of the whole thing because i mean the dudes the dudes obviously as we've talked about on occasion here on the show like he's garnered like a whole like, he's a whole brand he's a whole genre of film he's, a, his he's own. a movie star yeah yeah but again, you could say that about pretty much all of these cats. Like every single one of these guys is just they've, you know, when every time uh, Patrick Swayze showed up, there was the a running joke like, you know, I bet he's had the time of his life.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nobody puts Pony Boy in a corner. Uh, <laughs> now we got to get Dirty Dancing on the show at some point.
0: At some point. And also, speaking of Emilio Espos, we got to get Repo Man on the show.
1: We do. Um, that would be a good one. Uh, and I've never seen it, so that would be my way to get into that. Yeah, there's another one. I got it. Uh, it's a growing list.
0: It's gonna be exciting. <laughs> um, no, but this 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 movie is uh, is is really cool. Actually, um, it, <laughs> I just love that. Like they, it's like all right, go to like uh, these movies in like abandoned places. Like go to this abandoned like church. In the other movie, this abandoned uh, mansion. You know, Just mm-hmm. like so many abandoned. But it's it's funny because today. You know, especially after you know after the the pandemic started, there's so many places in my area that are just like like shut down. Nobody goes there. There's no mm-hmm. like, and so it's like the you know, more things change, more they stay the same. I guess.
1: A lot of things in my area, I think, are just getting repert. We just got a bojangles.
0: Oh wow! Like,
1: I've never like. Maybe one day I'll have but Once the line gets shorter, I'll go get some bojangles. Yeah, um, but and speaking of the connections with these two movies like the thing that i think really made me think of this movie when watching rebel was uh the the fact that a character dies and how that rattles these like youths how the, how that rattles these kids so like essentially as a, as the story plays out cuz when we are first introduced to all these characters um on the uh this like sort of small family there it feels like a family cuz you have like the Curtises. Who are directly a family, and then you have like all the side characters: Two Bit, Steve, um, uh, Dallas. Dallas is probably the only other like most prominent character in the film, as far it's as like because we have because we have Pony Boy, who's our main character and sort of like a narrator in a way, um, and then we have Johnny, and then we have Dallas. So um, Pony Boy and Johnny are thinking about running away from home because you know it's rough like it's 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 so rough. like obviously johnny's parents are always fighting uh, to the point where he doesn't even want to come home and so he'll sleep in the lot on like a, a like a couch just sitting there and start a fire um pony boy you know obviously dairy his older brother is uh is rough on him a little bit yeah and but like from from that standpoint not to you know justify you know being harsh on you know someone you're kind of raising um you know he cares so much about Ponyboy that he doesn't want anything bad to happen, especially, you know, in the neighborhood that they live in. And earlier in the movie, Ponyboy even gets jumped by Socias. Yeah. And we even learned that Johnny was jumped by Socs and was actually punched in the face, so he has, like, a little scar on his cheekbone. Um, And uh, so, he actually hits Ponyboy, who's like, fighting with him, and then Ponyboy just runs out of the house, and Derry's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, but it's like, just too little, too late, man. Um, so Pony Boy and Johnny decide they're gonna run away. Um at one point in the movie, Johnny and Pony Boy are at a movie and they get chummy with Cherry, who's Diane Lane, who's uh, a soci effectively, quote, in quotes. And, you know, they get along pretty well, but of course she's dating Leif Garrett's character, and so you know while there may be like a romantic little thing between pony boy and cherry it's like it's not going to prosper because she's already with somebody um and pony boy is not going to like get in the way of that but he found a friend at the very least and it's yeah. why it's, it's almost like one of the first instances of like okay you're a greaser i'm a soc but we're actually getting along a little bit right like like we're we we've taken the labels out and we're actually getting we're actually talking um but of course not everybody feels that way not everybody is going to feel that way yeah um, uh, as, as the movie progresses and Johnny and Ponyboy are running away, um, they are chased down by Leif Garrett's character and uh, a couple of the other socias like in his little tight knit group. And effectively, they start trying to drown Ponyboy in a fountain. Johnny sees this and he has a knife in his pocket because last time he was jumped by the same person by Leif Garrett's character. He's like, I'm not I'm not going down like that. Right. I'm going to defend myself. So he pulls out a knife. Next thing we know, we see red in the fountain. Ponyboy comes up for some air and Leaf Garrett's dead. And Johnny's shaking. Cause he just killed somebody. Right. He literally can't even get a sentence out without stuttering. And so at that point it's like, what do we do? Cause they don't even think like, Oh, it was self-defense. So maybe we'll, we'll get off light. It's like, no, we're greasers. <laughs> and, You know, their their first thought is going to be, oh, we just killed this guy. Um, It's so clearly it's our fault and they don't know what to do. So they're and they're kids, especially their kids. And so that's when it puts them in that in that perspective of like, we've never been in like we've let alone been in an adult situation, let alone something like this. So what the fuck are we going to do? Yeah. So their first instinct is to talk to the person who has been in a, who has at least been in situations where he has had to deal with law enforcement. Uh, <laughs> and that is, uh, Dallas Dally, as they call him uh, for short as like a nickname. And he, he sets him up in an abandoned church for a week to like, and they get, he gives them some money so he can, they can get some groceries. They have water. Uh, they have a little water spigot and they cut each other's hair and pony boy dies it blonde he bleaches it mm-hmm. and they're in hiding basically for a period of time um and that's where they I feel like a lot of growing up happens at that point yeah because even before they run away they're like is there a place in the world where there isn't greasers and Is
0: just normal people
1: <laughs> like is there just normal people and neither of them are like yes Cause they're, it's like, we don't know.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and it's, it's, it's really tragic that like, and I feel like that sort of rings maybe a little bit true in modern times as well, just cause it's like, there is like that divide with ideologies. Cause you know, not to, you know, go too much into that, but there's definitely times when I'm like, is there a, is there a place in the world where people are just normal, <laughs>
0: just like settle down a second um
1: you know like where is that because i would like to visit (laughs) yeah (laughs) maybe set up shop
0: um but i i do like you know it's i I do like the movies just kind of them like a lot of the movies them in this like church for a while um Mm. hanging out uh it's you know I'm just trying to think, like, uh, when you get to, the, like, later on, like, the church, um, the church go- goes on fire, obviously. And there's,
1: a uh, school, there's kids on, like, a field trip at the, I think, at the church.
0: At, at the church, and, um, you know, obviously that's a huge pivotal moment because they're credited with, like, saving the kids, but, uh, Johnny has some very, uh, very, very bad injuries that eventually lead to his death. Um, you know. there's a lot
1: of death in this, in this whole movie, actually.
0: <laughs> would you say that again? The, no, I'm sorry.
1: Oh, there's a, I would say, there's a lot of death in the movie, actually.
0: There, there is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's all, it's also kind of like, it's really just kind of sobering. Uh, when you, when mm-hmm. you have like, when you're visiting Johnny in the hospital and the way he's speaking, his burns,
1: uh, he, his wheezing, like, mm-hmm basically being told because like when johnny's in the hospital and he's on that like stretcher because he can't land a normal hospital bed because of his because of his burns um just even thinking about it it like it hits a little bit honestly because you know every because every every word he spoke like was so heartbreaking yeah you know what i mean um credit to ralph macchio honestly like genuinely fantastic performance really on good. that note really good um, um yeah so one of the most tragic characters i think in like any movie honestly it's just to go to like the journey that johnny goes on through the whole movie like he starts off because he's already got a rough home life with his parents constantly fighting and he just wants he wants to find peace not even just like he just wants peace he doesn't want greasers or socias. he just wants to exist in in blissfulness and he see and and he it feels like every time he saves somebody it costs him something yeah he saves he pony that. boy it costs him his uh f- because of because of what he's represented as and because of of the action itself and who he did it to um it causes fear, panic, and like, fuck, 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 what am I gonna do? And so he has to go in hiding. Then he's in a situation where he and Pony Boy are going in and I think Johnny even leaps in first. And then Ponyboy follows. And Pony Boy was also injured as well in that, but just not nearly as severely as not, Johnny. Yeah. Right. And um and even Matt Dillon, uh uh, Dallas goes into but he's but he's initially like, What are you doing? Stop it Um, but then he's like, I'm gonna say like that's the thing I I think we'll talk we'll get to Dallas in a second because he's also a very pivotal character really. Yeah. But um but he saves these kids and he's paralyzed and cuz like immediately he can't walk anymore cuz yeah. he was told the 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 collapse broke my back so even if I lived through this I can't walk. So and then to to add insult to injury he dies. Yeah. And and what was even more tragic is there's that scene at the very end of the movie when Ponyboy opens up his copy of Gone with the Wind because they were reading it together in, when they were in hiding. And he gets the note from Johnny. And Johnny asks him to tell to do – remember that? Yeah. yeah. like uh, He was like, you know, make sure Dally gets all this. Make sure Dally knows about all this. And he can't tell Dally because – not to jump immediately to this, but Dal- Dallas is shot dead because – yeah.
0: You go ahead. Like – well, because like again, it goes back to like Rebel Without a Cause, I think, where it's like we got this idea we got to do something, right? Yeah, like yeah, you know, exactly. He got like Johnny got into this whole situation, and you got all these feelings, and you got to, you just got to do something, even if it's like extremely dangerous. You have you to know, do something. Holds people up at gunpoint. He goes, He's on. He's on. He's on the run. It's extremely dangerous. He gets killed ultimately. Uh, but it's this idea of like when you're a young person, you feel like. Man, I just gotta rush. I gotta do this thing. I gotta just do this something.
1: I have to run. I have to physically do something because me just laying here is not even. So, like, to to backtrack with with Dallas specifically. Yeah. So we're introduced to Dallas. He is reprehensible. Like he's, you know, he's clearly a bad influence. He's mean to kids. Um, you know, they're sitting at the drive-in. He's he's harassing uh, Cherry. And getting in her personal space and she's like talking back to him and Ponyboy and Johnny are like no one does that to Dally you're cool <laughs> um. and then uh, I mean obviously you know we we learned through the course of the movie that Dallas has a bit of a reputation for being a troublemaker like the first thing he says like when Johnny and Dallas when Johnny Ponyboy and Dallas are hanging out they're like what do you want to do Dally he's like nothing legal man <laughs> so like like he, he, he genuinely likes to do terrible things, but I imagine a lot of that does come from moments of trauma in his life as well. Be, yeah. And feeling like, like, like that feeling of needing to do something. Um, uh, so th- the thing that shifts though, is when Ponyboy and Johnny need help and Dallas, almost without hesitation, helps them, um, in his way, but he helps them. Right. and, even though and even when they go into that church that's on fire and they want him and, and Dallas wants them to not, he still goes in to save them yep. and help save the kids. And uh and there's such a restlessness to that character as well. I think he is kind of an embodiment, like you were saying, of that like ideology of like I have to do something. Cause even um when he finds out that Johnny's like almost like near death and he's also in a hospital bed for his minor wounds from the fire um and they have this rumble coming up between the Sochas and the greasers he he's still holding holding on like we gotta win that fight we gotta win this fight we for we gotta do it for johnny man we gotta do it for johnny without really having that understanding like it doesn't mean anything
0: it's like it's not gonna help bring johnny back it's not gonna it's not gonna do anything yeah it's it's like except people, just people, it's it's just going to continue that divide. It continues that the cycle, you know, the cycle of violence. Uh, yeah, and further. Um, you know, I I did find there's I mean all the characters I think are really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I I, re- I was thinking about that like the the Patrick Swayze Rob Lowe, um all, all those the
1: the brother dynamic the
0: brother dynamic. Uh, I think a lot, a lot about like. Rob, Rob Low, like I feel like I've been a middleman in my family sometimes for different things, and just like listen. it's like
1: you're yelling at him, you're yelling at him. like what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you we're, doing? It's just like you gotta,
0: you gotta, you gotta meet somewhere in the middle on this. Or, like you gotta, we gotta understand. You guys gotta understand each other a bit better. And yeah, that's, that's ultimately I think with a lot of these movies, we got to understand each other. Everybody's gotta like, and mm. al- also like these movies are like the absence of like really good adult. Figure like figures. Yes. Yes. You know? Absolutely. Because um, obviously there are adults in Rebel Without of Cause, and there's one guy that Jim relates to at the police station. But like, when that guy's not there and he's trying to report uh, what happened, the cops don't want nothing to do with Jim. They don't want to hear no. that something terrible happened. They're just like, hey, you're just, a just get out of here. And in this movie, like, who's who? Who's a, like? We see the <laughs> we see the mom who's like gone like. He obviously, wasn't around very much for Johnny. Um, yeah, we see some nurses, different pe- There's some different people here and there, but it really is just like an absence of like parent, like really solid, caring and competent uh, parental. Yeah, workers.
1: it's like, and and in certain instances, like Patrick Swayze's character Derry is put into that position, and Definitely not by choice. It just it not just no <laughs> no he and so that is that was a moment that I feel like wasn't in the theatrical cut too it's just like the development of the brothers and those characters because i feel like they they really narrow they really zeroed in on johnny pony boy and dallas and then everything else was kind of like a side thing but it was nice for this one to get that extra stuff with the curtis brothers because um because i haven't yeah. seen
0: the theatrical version i can't imagine the movie without that stuff i was gonna ask like, what is yeah that like? yeah and i'm like wow because i can't imagine like taking out the because that's so important that is so it's so crucial. important um,
1: that, uh, you know. studio maybe. I, I maybe I don't know. I'm not it's gonna hard. put that out there, but, but it, it feels also, like maybe like
0: it it did well. You know, the movie mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't like one of the, I guess because like, you hear situations of like movies where they're they're hacked to bits and then they went, go on to flop or something. Like, this movie did pretty well. Like, it, made, yeah. it, it was it was well liked at the time. You know, people um, I don't want to say well like people liked it at the time. It made money, and you know, it's a beloved movie for for many. You know. So mm. it, it's just weird, like, watching this as somebody who's never had any exposure to the original, to the original theatrical version, just going, like, they cut... The, oh, what? Like, like, what, how could they have condensed this? It's like if you saw, like, the... Yeah. Mo- not comparing... Like, if you saw the Mona Lisa and somebody told you, well, actually, that wasn't... I mean, that was uh, added recently. I'm like, how... Wh- that wasn't supposed to be there. Like, how... Wh- you can't take this out. <laughs> what are you talking about? You, you can't... What are you talking about? You can't do that. Uh, but this, this really, like, Sorry.
1: I was. I will say, are you all right?
0: No, my headphone was like semi low battery. I was charging it. That's oh. why I, I said oh, I had okay. a fifteen minute delay. But anyway, all
1: right. um, to 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 your point as well of understanding, I do love that there are there's a scene in this film where um, Randy, who's the friend of Leif Garrett's character who dies, um, has a moment with Pony Boy.
0: Yeah, I like that scene.
1: That was like that. I felt like. In 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 a a, maybe make a metaphorical way, like the stuff with Cherry and Pony Boy felt like a setup, and then the the scene with Randy and Pony Boy felt like a payoff a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like you're getting you're getting a taste of you know uh, these. Sorry, I forgot to turn my vibration off. Um, You're getting a taste of these characters uh, having like a like a normal interaction just between people without the barriers of. Uh, stereotypes or labels or anything. And, um, though at the same time, we don't see Cherry in that light in any way. Right. So it doesn't immediately resonate. Though at the same time, it's still meaningful. And then when you're seeing the scene with Randy, because we've only ever seen Randy up to that point as like the sort of sidekick character to Leif Garrick's character. And, uh, like, Involved in the violence and involved, like actively hurting Pony Boy, almost drowning him. And so, like, obviously, when Pony Boy and uh, Two Bit are, are walking to go see Johnny, and uh, they're like, You know, Randy, so and so wants to talk to you, Randy wants to talk to you. And then Two Bit's like, right, I'm coming with you, but uh, you know, I don't trust it, uh, but we're, we'll see what they want. And then Pony Boy's like, You know, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go and talk to him, it's okay he's like all right um and so like it, it, what's even funnier too like the juxtaposition between two bit and uh, like sort of random greasers interaction with the socias as they're waiting and they're just making fun of each other and it's it's silly and it's fun but, it, but at the same time like it rings differently because it is juxtaposed with randy and pony boy having this conversation in the car and and even randy going like phone phone again and then randy going like uh you know, it doesn't matter who wins the rumble. Greasers will still be Greasers, socias will still be socias. And just literally getting into this conversation of like, you know, these these labels, these these I these this sort of depiction that, that we have of both of us, you know, with the the Southside Soshas and being the lucky ones, or the Greasers being like the the unlucky ones. And I love the moment when um when Randy's like, Thanks, Grease I didn't mean it. Thanks, kid. And he's like, my name's Ponyboy. It's like nice to meet you. Yeah. It's it, it, it's like for once <laughs> in in this in this unfortunate situation, all these characters find themselves in at least these guys are like let's treat each other like people. Yeah. And it's it's a it's a wonderful moment that that rings the whole time, I think, because it really just makes you think about even, even the same thing with Rebel Without a Cause because there's – especially when you're a teenager, you have that – like I was saying earlier, you have that outward projection that sort of masks or overpowers, like, the emotions. And even – and that still even rings and still carries over to adulthood even to a certain extent. So you're acting a certain way without really being yourself. Yeah. Because either society won't let you or you won't let yourself – or you and want to have this you know. yeah. And so when you're when you're really when you're a teenager, especially, there's a massive struggle with that. And 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 when you get older, when you become adult, sometimes there's an acceptance. You're like, well, that's the way the world is, so I'll just keep doing that. And then for some people, it's like, why? Yeah. As it's everybody sort of deals with it differently.
0: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. true. Like. Uh, yeah, I think I'm I'm really super glad we paired these movies together. Um because it's as different This was this is the most like sobering experience. <laughs> I like, think this double feature. Yeah, like sometimes there's double features where we do it's like have fun fun adventure or fun like exciting <laughs> th- this is just like That
1: octopus oh, is playing bongos. Octopus yeah, is
0: playing bongos while uh people, you know, people there's people with pets named Esmeralda the seal, you know. Yeah. Sea whatever. Um, but this this time, it's like it really it shows you that you know, yeah, these are movies that are made completely different eras in in mm-hmm. Hollywood. One is very much in like a studio, more of a studio system. The other one being made, you know, post post New Hollywood, post all this other stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, being made during like the, in the eighties. You know, and uh, I think they both do a really good job and have both. Aged pretty well. Obviously, you know, these are going off... of the, Like, a lot of these are movies about white people. So there's yeah. always that part of it. You gotta you know, put the asterisks on. But I think that taking that into consideration as well, I, I do think that there's still some worth in, you know, looking at both of these movies.
1: Some worth and a lot of truths.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, folks, what is your favorite, like, teen movie... Uh, about the adolescent uh, experience. Yeah. Um, 10 lettuce,
1: things I hate about you
0: t- lettuce, lettuce, <laughs> uh, lettuce, l- lettuce, and tomato. Lettuce and tomato. <laughs> <laughs> BLT. Yes.
1: I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, listen, s- uh, after, after this conversation, we need to do something stupid. We need something so, stupid. BLT.
0: It's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of two dudes one double feature check us out next time
1: have a good night everyone Uh, good night and good luck thank you all for listening to two dudes one double feature please follow us on instagram facebook and twitter special shout out as always to john and kenny armstrong thank you guys for everything you do we love you both so much and of course stay tuned for a brand new episode of two dudes one double feature
0: <laughs> it was a it was a situation